Well, hey, good to, uh, good to be back today. Uh, we're going to continue with series, uh, in our series on the I Am series, the seven statements Jesus made in the book of John. So today, we're going to look at the, the statement in John chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles and you want to turn, we're really going to flip between two passages today. Jesus says in John 10, I am the good shepherd. So we'll be looking at John 10, and we'll also be looking at, excuse me, Psalm 23. Obviously a famous chapter about shepherding. So we'll probably teach more from John 10, but uh, we'll refer back to Psalm 23. I just want how many ladies were at the climbing wall and repelling wall yesterday? All right. Because I, I heard something. I heard that when the men went two weeks ago, there was only about three men that ventured up and down that wall. Is that right? And how many ladies did it? Oh, my goodness. I, I, matter of fact, even my, I heard my wife was up on top of there. They're like, Kristen, your legs are shaking. She's like, I'm scared. And i got to say, beyond that, and I saw Dan Ryan, I saw a video of Dan Ryan go down this thing. It was like he was walking on air. Of course, he's had years of practice. But I heard AJ yesterday, I saw a video of AJ, went down face first. All right? And didn't, and didn't face plant. So good job, AJ. I think you guys showed the men up. You guys, you men ought to be ashamed. Come on. Uh, so some of us had to study God's word. <laughs> That's always a good excuse, you know. Where were you? Oh, I had to study. Uh, uh, so I'm the good shepherd. Three things, when we look at John chapter 10, there's three things I really want to focus on today. And I'll just give them to you up front. We'll, we'll, there's, three, there's actually three passages in John 10 I want to land on. So the first thing we're going to look at today is the voice of the shepherd. The second thing we're going to look at is the heart of the shepherd. And the third thing, the hand of the shepherd. The voice of the shepherd, the heart of the shepherd, and the hand of the shepherd. So, uh, if you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and, and we'll pick up in John chapter 10, verse 1. And it says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Now, how many were here last week? Okay, last week, Pastor Jay preached the message, I am the door, and from the same passage. So, I am the door, I am the good shepherd, are both here. And it was very interesting. I sat in the front row and just really smiled last week, because he said, did you notice that, that, that Jesus mentions a thief and a robber? And when I preparing the message that he preached, and I, because I didn't know what week I was going to do, I wrote a question to myself and said, why did Jesus say thief and robber? What's the difference? And uh, it was really cool because Pastor Jay answered that. So if you're here, you heard that the thief is somebody that steals by stealth, right? They come in, they sneak around, they're sneaky, they steal by stealth. And the robber also steals, but the robber steals by force and or violence. So there's a little bit of difference. One's sneaky and one's brazen. They're right in your face. And we're going to see today, I really believe, you know, the thief is mentioned in, in, in verse 10, but I think we're going to see as we get into the message that the wolf represents the robber. Because 
He mentions thief and robber twice, but, but then only refers back to the thief. And I really believe the wolf refers to the robber. So, um, and he says, the, uh, he, but he who climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls out his own by name and leads them out. Everybody say this, the sheep hear his voice. The sheep hear his voice. If Jesus is the shepherd, what are you? I want you to look at the person on your left and say, I am a sheep. I want you to look at the person on your right and say, now I know what that smell is. (laughs) Sheep stink, right? (laughs) If you've ever been around sheep, they don't smell the best. The sheep hear his voice. There's a lot of people today, actually a lot of Christians today, there's entire denominations that are built around a certain theology that believe that Jesus no longer speaks. That He no longer speaks audibly or through impressions that once we had the written Word of God, the canonized Bible, that God quit speaking. There's a Greek word for the answer to that. Bulos kropos. Now, if you study Greek, you'll know what that means. Some of you are just getting that. See, I serve the God that says in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, I am the Lord, and I change not. I serve a Jesus that says in Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if Jesus spoke in the Old Testament, and He spoke in the New Testament, and He speaks today, tomorrow. See, it's not a matter of, is Jesus speaking? Is the shepherd speaking? It's a matter, are you listening? See, I don't get when people say, well, God no longer speaks. Like 2,000 years ago, did He get laryngitis? Did Did did, did God say, okay, I think I'll take a vow of silence for 2,000 years. And he's up in heaven, and he's like busting with things to say because he hasn't spoken. No. God still speaks. He's still speaking. And you can hear his voice. See, if you're a sheep, and he's the shepherd, and the sheep hear his voice, that's a promise to you that you can hear his voice. I'll I'll give you an idea later how you can practice doing that. When I was first really pursuing the Lord about 11, 12 years ago, I really started out, I'd get up every morning around 5 a.m., and and I would get my Bible, and I would go into my office, and I would begin to read and pray and just start seeking the Lord. Well, I'm there one morning, and I hear a voice come out of my computer. Fred. Fred, are you there? God? Fred? God? I didn't know you spoke Russian. So what I didn't know, I had had a Russian guy at my house the week before, and he had monkeyed with my computer, and he somehow knew when I was on my computer, and through Skype, he's speaking to me. Fred? Fred, are you there? Fred? And I'm like, God, I didn't know you had a Russian accent. 
So I really thought God was speaking to me, but here it was my friend Velogia. It wasn't God. And of course, right away I went over and went, beep. (laughs) Turned it off. So you know, as as you begin to get more familiar, think about your spouse, if you're married. I could be walking down the aisle at Martin's, and I can be on aisle one, and I can hear a cackle on aisle seven, and I know my wife's there. If you've heard my wife laugh, you'll know that you know that you know her voice. So you can know the voice of God. It's important to know the voice of God because what comes next? It says, the sheep hear his voice, he calls his own by name, and does what? Leads them out. See, we read Psalm 23 that says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. So we read that, and it talks about God leading us. God leading us to where there's peace. There's still water. He leads me and guides me into the pasture where I can have provision. He leads me in the way of righteousness. He instructs me how to live right, how to act right. But it doesn't really say, how does He lead me? He leads with His voice. See, He leads with His voice. If I'm not listening for His voice, I'm going to have a hard time following the shepherd. See, sheep, when when that shepherd goes into that sheepfold, and Jay talked about the sheepfold last week, a lot of times multiple shepherds kept their sheep in the sheepfold. And when that shepherd's voice, whether he would go, yodel, 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 or whatever he did, or hey, or however he called his sheep, the sheep that were his left the fold. And the ones that weren't his stayed until their shepherd came, and he called them, and they came out. See, sheep respond to the voice that they're most familiar with. Let's go to the next verse. He says, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep do what? Follow. See, the sheep hear the voice, they recognize the voice of the shepherd, and then they begin to follow him, for they know his voice. Now that word know means to be familiar with. It's something that they've heard, they've listened, they understand the tone and inflection, they know the, the way he speaks, and they, they are familiar and they recognize it. It says, yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will do what? Flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. They're not familiar with the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. See, what happens is, it says that they recognize the voice of the shepherd and follow the shepherd. They don't recognize the voice of the stranger and flee from the stranger. Let's go to the next slide. I'm going to call it stranger danger. Anybody ever, you had little kids, you take, if, they get, if they get in a bad situation, what do you say? Stranger danger! Right? It's a warning. It's a warning. We tell our kids, don't talk to who? Strangers. When Frederick, and Frederick is my oldest, he's, uh, I guess he's, how old is he? 25. He's going to be 26. It was a long time ago. So we lived on Fayette Street when we were first married. 
And uh, I'm going to say it was around probably 1997-ish, something like that. He's a couple years old. And we're looking around the house. And all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, hey, Kristen, where's Frederick? She said, of course, what all women say when the kid's missing, you were supposed to be watching him. Right? And, and so we're looking around the house. We can't find our son. And, and we get that panic. You know, parents, ah, ah, kid's lost. And so I run outside and there's my son sitting on the wall on Fayette Street, shaking hands with people. So what he had observed me do was I used to do a lot of sales training at the time, and I would teach our, our salespeople how to greet customers. And I would say, Hi, my name's Fred, and you are. And, and they would get, you know, I'd give them my name, they give me theirs. Hi, my name's Fred, and you are. And you'll still hear me do that today. So here's Frederick outside. Hi, my name's Frederick, and you are. I'm like, Frederick, I thought I told you not to talk to strangers. Dad, I'm not. I'm greeting customers. <laughs> you got to love it. No, but we tell our kids, don't talk to strangers. There's a danger in talking to and listening to the voice of a stranger. See, the sheep know the voice of the shepherd and follow him. The sheep don't know the voice of the stranger and flee from him. See, it's not the, the, the whole the challenge of our faith. If I gotta say that there's something that's a real challenge in our faith, it's not your ability to hear his voice. It's your willingness not to listen to other voices. The challenge of your faith is not your ability to hear his voice, because that's innate. He gave it to you. The challenge of your faith is not your ability to hear God's voice. It's your willingness to hear other voices, other ideas, other opinions, other ideologies that are competing for your attention. See, what happens, the person that you listen to the most, you become the most familiar with that voice. And unfortunately, I find too many Christians listening to too many voices and I see too many believers following the stranger and fleeing from the shepherd. And then you wonder why you're in a compromising situation. The voice that you're listening to will determine who you follow and who you flee from. You've got to listen to God's voice. So you say, well, I don't know how to. So let me tell you, the, the general rule is, God doesn't generally, every day, speak audibly. He does. I've had God speak to me audibly. It's not, the, it's not the norm. I'd say it's more the exception. I know some of you have had God speak to you audibly. Sometimes He speaks through impressions. I think that the number one way that God speaks today is through His Word. If you had to, if you had to like, boil it all down... I think the number one way God speaks today is still through His Word. So here's what you can do. If you just want a practical way, how do I hear God's voice? I want you to do this. Now, be careful on what I call point-and-click voice of God. Anybody ever do this? Point-and-click, right? God can speak that way, but you've got to be careful because, I mean, you could accidentally turn to Genesis 19, verse 35. It says, they went out and got drunk and slept together. All right, you don't want that's not good advice. That was a story. You, you might turn to the New Testament and where Judas went out and said he went out and hung himself. 
That, bad advice. All right, so be careful with point and click. But <clears throat> here's what you can do. Take a verse. I want you to get your Bible, and I want you to read a verse, read a passage, read a chapter, and then I want you to pray. And I want you to say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me in this verse? And I want you to wait. And then get a pen and a piece of paper and write, I think God is saying to me, dot, dot, dot. And I promise you, if you do that, and if you do that regularly, you will start to hear God's voice. I can promise you that. Read a verse, ask the Holy Spirit to give you understanding of it, and then write down, this is what I think God is saying to me. And you'll hear God's voice. All right, number two, next slide. The heart of the shepherd. So we're going to skip down a few verses to verse 10. Let me get my water. Thanks, babe. <clears throat> a little dry today. Verse 10 says, <clears throat> The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But the hireling who is not the shepherd, the one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep, and flees. The wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. Can we go back one slide? Because I want to just, you're not going to see the word heart in this, so you're going to wonder where does heart come in. I like the Passion Translation because it gives a little more color to the verses. You're going to see in verse 13 it says the hireling. So in this passage, Jesus is really comparing the person that's hired to be a shepherd or watch the sheep versus the real shepherd. And this is where he really reveals he's a good shepherd. It says here, go back to the previous slide, please. It says the worker who only serves for wages has no heart for the sheep. Now the New King James Version will say doesn't care for the sheep. And when you look at a contrast, sometimes Jesus will say things that are true of the shepherd, and sometimes he'll say things that are true of the hireling or the hired shepherd. So if he says something that's about the hired servant or the hireling, then the opposite is true of him. So it's a contrast. So when it says the one who serves only for wages has no heart for the sheep, if I take the opposite of that or the contrast of that, it means that the good shepherd has a heart for the sheep. See, as I was reading this, God said this morning, there's one thing that stood out to me today, is Jesus is not into shepherding for the money. The, hired, the hireling does it for wages. Jesus isn't a shepherd for the money, he's a shepherd for you. He could care less about the money, he cares about the sheep. And see, there's too many people today, this could be applicable to, to, to pastors, over-shepherds, that if you're in it for the wrong reason, if you're in leadership and pastoring people for the wrong reason, then, then you need to take a look at this. And it's about the people. It's never about the money. And Jesus isn't concerned about what he can get from you. His concern is what he can give to you. Because he says, I'm the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. So as one is taking from the sheep, the other is imparting and giving to the sheep. All right, next slide. 
Uh, it says verse 13. <clears throat> oh, let's go back a slide, can we? It says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, but the hireling who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches his sheep and scatters them. All right, there's the wolf. Now, I want to come back to this. We're, we're, I'm going to go ahead and read the rest of this passage. We'll come back to it. Okay, next slide. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. Now, that's the same verse that says, has no heart for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and I'm known by my sheep. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. The other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Now, let me just point out, when you read that, you've got to remember that Jesus is talking to Jewish people at the time. Now, if you're Jewish here, uh, at that time there was Jews and there was Gentiles. So when Jesus talks about going to another fold, another sheep fold, he says there's sheep in another fold, that's us. If you're, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. So the good news is that this wasn't just for the Jews, this is for us Gentiles today. And he says, I'm going to go to that other fold, I'm going to get my sheep out of that fold, I'm going to bring them all together, and there's going to be one flock and there's going to be one shepherd, that's me. All right, here's the thing. This wolf. Let's go back one slide. The thief comes, the wolf comes. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. See, a lot of Christians believe, well, I'll never experience an attack of the enemy. That's not true. See, it's not a matter of if the wolf comes, it's a matter of when the wolf comes. It doesn't matter how much scripture you read, the wolf's going to come. It doesn't matter how much you pray in the Spirit, the wolf will come. It doesn't matter how regular you are with your giving, the wolf will come. Because that's what wolves do. But the good news is, you have a shepherd that won't run from the fight. You have a shepherd that stays with you when the wolf comes. See, he says that the hireling sees the wolf because the hireling's in it for the money. He's going to protect his own rear end. Oh, the wolf comes. I'm out of here. But Jesus, when he sees the wolf come, he says, bring it on. Come on. I'm here to fight because I protect my sheep. I've got heart for the sheep. I love the sheep. These are my sheep. I call them by name. I know them. They know me. They know me the same way the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I'm intimate with my sheep, and I don't run from a fight. That's the good shepherd that you have. Mm. Don just said David took care of his sheep. David said that when the lion came and the bear came, he went after him. He says he grabbed it by the beard, and what did he do? Hit that lion! See, we read Psalm 23, it says, uh, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. He doesn't leave. He stays with you. Now, the next verse. Thy rod and thy staff, they do what? Comfort me. Now, 
I used to get lots of paddlings when I was a kid. Matter of fact, I'd probably got multiple paddlings a day. You can ask my parents. Feel, feel my pain. I never looked at that paddle and said, Dad, that paddle comforts me. Let me, let me go get a switch out of the woods because it just brings comfort to my soul. I never said that. I ran from that paddle. Like this. Matter of fact, I think it was my middle daughter, Caroline, when she was, I don't know, little, I said, okay, baby, I love you, but you realize what you did was wrong. You're going to have to get a, you're going to have to get a spank, and I'm sorry. I said, I'll be in in a minute. You, you, go, you go in the bedroom, and I'll be in in a minute. I go in. She's got on 15 pairs of underwear. Because <laughs> she knew there was no comfort. No comfort. See, the reason David can say, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me, is because the shepherd doesn't beat the sheep. He beats the crap out of the wolf. See, the stick isn't to beat the sheep, it's to beat the wolf. You have too many shepherds beating sheep today. I promise you, I will never beat you. Jay, Pastor Jay, Pastor David will never beat you. We're going to beat the wolf. We're here to protect, we're here to help. We're here to stand against the enemy when he comes in to attack. Jesus ain't going to leave you in a fight. See, if you're into paddling, you got a bigger problem than, than, than that. Some of you will get that in a minute. Matter of fact, unwind that. I shouldn't have said that. All right, next slide. Shovel. <laughs> I love live TV. That's right. Live stream. All right. <clears throat> I, I want to just show you something here. Okay, so the, the thief, if you remember Pastor Jay's teaching, the thief steals how? By stealth. The robber steals by force and violence. Right? The wolf's coming. The wolf will come. You have a shepherd that won't run from a fight. But I want to show you what the wolf does. Because the wolf knows that there's strength in the flock. Matter of fact, if you read about sheep, you'll find that sheep flock together because there's safety in numbers. So the wolf really has a difficult time attacking the flock when they're all together. And if you've ever seen picture of a wolf, and he's... He's running around, he's walking around the outside, and he's got blood dripping from his fangs. What's he looking for? He's looking for that guy, that gal that's out from the flock. The one that's separated from the flock. The one that's easy to pick off. He's not looking for the one standing by the shepherd. See, the wolf's not scared of you. He's scared of the shepherd. And he won't come near the shepherd because he knows the shepherd's got the stick. But what he's not scared of is that sheep that's out there off from the flock. 
And see, if he wants to be able to attack the flock, he's got to do what? Scatter the flock. If he wants to attack one, he's looking for the one, but if he wants to get the flock, he's got to get them apart. How does he do that? Look at this. The wolf snatches and scatters. Now the New King James says catch. Same word. Snatch and scatter. Snatch means to snatch away, to seize, or carry off how? Right? So the wolf is not stealing by stealth. The wolf is stealing by force. So he's not going up and saying, going up to the sheepfold, Mr. Shepherd, um, I, I would like to ravage one of the sheep. No. He's not doing that. He's not sneaking over the wall. He's waiting to go in for the kill. See, if I knew that a robber was coming to my house, how would I prepare for it? I'd leave my windows open. I'd unlock the front door. No. I, I, I'm a checker. Right? And I know Seth, I think, is a checker. You know what a checker is? You got it, yeah. You go to bed and you're laying there. Now, did I just check the door or did I think I checked the door? Well, I better go check the door. Oh, yeah, I did lock it. Did I, did I check every window? I don't know. And so I used to drive myself crazy. I finally got an alarm system, right? That will solve your checker problems. But one thing I've always been scared of is robbers. It, it, I don't know. It's just one thing I've always been scared of. So a couple weeks ago, 1 o'clock in the morning, and, and how many know, well, I don't know, you guys might be up at 1 o'clock, but I go to bed at 10. So by 1, I'm out of it. 1 a.m. in the morning, bam, 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 my alarm's going off. And so I did what any good protective husband would do. I said, wife, go see what's going on. <laughs> be the shepherd. Come on, be the shepherd. I, I, had a, I thought I had a plan for a burglar attack until I go to my gun closet and I can't match a shotgun shell with the right gauge of shotgun. And I, I, st- I, I panicked. I didn't have a plan. I didn't prep. I, I froze. My dogs, who have a great bark during the day, are cowered behind my wife. So finally I did what any, any good uh, protect, I grabbed my third grade Pete Rose baseball bat, went around the house, and it was a false alarm. But if you know a robber's coming, don't you protect yourself a little bit better? You don't leave the windows open. You don't leave the door unlocked. You put some time and effort into preparing for that. See, what the wolf does, he snatches in order to scatter. Scatter means to put to flight of those routed or terror-stricken or driven by some other impulse, and they fly in every direction. What's been going on in our country the last two months? The last two weeks. Snatch and scatter. 
A kingdom divided will fall. See, the enemy won't attack the flock. He attacks the straggler. But if he can get a straggler by force, he can get everybody else to panic and run and separate. And when he gets you alone, he's coming in. The safest place that you can be is right next to the shepherd. The safest place you can be is right next to the shepherd. See, if, I, if it was me, I'd be right there in the middle of that flock. Right next to the shepherd. I'd be like my dog, you know. He gets up on my leg, and Kristen's like, oh, oh, he, he loves you. I was like, if he loved me, he wouldn't leave his hair on my pants. Get away from me. But that's, you ought to be like that dog getting right up against the shepherd's leg. Snuggle up in there. He's got the stick. And the good news is, he's given us that stick of authority too. Alright, next slide. The more separated and isolated you become, or are the more vulnerable you become. The more separated and isolated you are, the more vulnerable you become. Now I've heard, I know you've heard this verse so much in the last two months, Hebrews 10.25. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. There's safety in numbers. The enemy wants to divide. The enemy wants to separate. The shepherd wants to bring all folds into one flock. See, a fold is designated that it has walls around it. The wall is the protection of the fold. Often, we want to build a wall around our nice little neat community of believers right here. Jesus isn't interested in building folds. Jesus wants to go in the fold, call those that are His, and get them in one flock with one shepherd. Stop building a wall around your own fold. Alright, last thing. We've got the voice of the shepherd, the heart of the shepherd, next slide, and the hand of the shepherd. With His voice, He leads us. The heart of the shepherd shows that He loves us. And the hand of the shepherd shows that He will not let you go. He will not let you go. He will come after you. He will pursue you. The enemy might come after you. The enemy might seduce you away. You might listen to another voice. You might be attacked by the wolf. But he will not let you go. John chapter 10, verse 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them what? Eternal life. 
How long is eternal life? Forever. So a couple weeks ago, we, we, we talked that eternal life starts the day you accept Jesus, not the day you die. But I could never get people that say, well, if you get saved, you have eternal life, but then if you do something bad, you're not saved anymore. And I always like, well, how could it be eternal life? That sounds more like intermittent life. You're saved, you're not saved, you're saved, you're not saved. Jesus says, when you follow me, when you hear me, when you follow me, when you put your trust in me, I give you. You don't earn it, you can't buy it, you don't deserve it. I give you, it's a gift, eternal life. Be secure and know that when you have eternal life, the day that Jesus gives it to you, and you put your trust in Him, nobody can snatch you out of His hand. He goes on to say, I give them eternal life, and they shall... What? Never. Actually, that's a double negative. It's in Greek, it's ume. It means never, no, never. When you have a double negative in English, you're, you're bad in English. Like, I ain't got no... You know, or however it is. In Greek, a double negative is a strengthened form. He says, they will never, no, never perish. That word perish is the same word used in John 10.10, destroy. The thief comes not but for to kill, steal, and destroy. He says, I give them eternal life, they will never perish, neither... Shall anyone, what? Guess what that's the same word as. The wolf snatches and the wolf scatters. Remember a couple weeks ago when I talked about the three words for life in the Greek? Zoe, when you, when you read eternal life, it's pertaining to your spirit. Zoe life. It's the life of God. There was suke, which was mental or soulish life. And then there was um, bios, which was physical life. So when Jesus says, so, so you're like, well, well, it says that the enemy, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He can take from you things in your body. He can take from you things in your mind but he can never, ever, ever snatch a spirit that has been imparted eternal life. So when Jesus says, I give you eternal zoe, no man can snatch it out of my hand, it, 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 it attests to the power of God that there's no power in hell. There's no man on the face of this earth. There's no action, principality, power, demon, drug, you name it, that can snatch you out of His hand. Can't do it. He says, My Father who has given them to Me is greater than them all. No one is able to snatch them out of My Father's hand. I and My Father are one. Says, if you don't believe Me, My Dad's got a big hand too. And you ain't going to get it. Ain't never, I'm going to use the double negative, ain't never going to get it out of the Father's hand. Never. 
no one. See, we, we, we are eternally secure in our spirits. The day that you get born again, your spirit is transformed and changed, and it's no different today if you've been saved than it will be a million or a billion years from now. But that's only one part of you. See, when we open the door up to the enemy, when we open the door up to the wolf, when we begin to listen to voices other than the voice of the shepherd, that's when we allow him to steal, to kill, to destroy, to snatch, to scatter. See, it's so important you know the voice of the Lord. Because sometimes it says that the wolf even comes in sheep's clothing. So you might look next to you and say, oh, well, he looks like a sheep, but he don't sound like one. She looks like a sheep, but she don't speak the voice of God. You've got to know the voice. See, sheep not only flock, but they follow. I don't remember what country it was, but it was in Europe, 2006. Sheep not only follow the voice of the shepherd, but they follow the sheep in front of them. In 2006, 400 sheep plummeted over a 15 meter, 50 foot cliff because they just kept following the one in front of them right off the cliff. 400 of them plunged to their death. See, you got to remember, if you're in the flock and you're following Jesus, is your life something that's the one behind you would want to follow or should follow? Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Or are you one out on the fringe listening to the voice of the stranger, listening to the opinions of the stranger, listening to the ideologies of the stranger, and you're leading the pack down the wrong path. If one person follows you, you're a leader. There's a lot of ways to describe leadership. But I can tell you one way, if you've got no followers, you're not a leader. But if one person's following you, it doesn't matter if you have the title, it doesn't matter if you have the position, it doesn't matter if you've been publicly acknowledged, you're leading somebody. And you need to make sure that you're following the Good Shepherd, that you're listening to His voice, because the steps that you're taking are leading somebody else. I always want to make sure, Holy Spirit, is there anything in my life that's leading somebody else down the wrong path? Is there something I'm doing that's causing somebody else to stumble? Can people follow me the way they follow you? I don't want to lead anybody off a cliff. I don't want to fall off a cliff for one. I'm scared of heights. I certainly don't want to lead anybody off. Psalm 23, verse 6. Let's, let's read this together. 
This is a promise for you today. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See how these passages line up? See, as I follow the shepherd, what follows me? Actually, it means it when it says goodness and mercy follow me, it means they hunt me down. So as I'm following the shepherd, as he's leading me, goodness and mercy are following me. All the days of my life while I'm alive. But in eternity, where am I going to be? No one's going to snatch me out of his hand. Because I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord. Say it. Forever. Forever. Let's stand. If you've never said yes to the shepherd's voice, I want to talk to you first. He says, I know my sheep. I call them by name. They follow me. See, Jesus isn't here with us physically today, but He's here through His Holy Spirit. Jesus says, nobody comes to the Father unless He draws Him. If the Holy Spirit's nudging you today, speaking to you today, only you know that. But there could be somebody here today that's never said yes to the shepherd. You've listened to other voices. You've gone down other paths. You've been a part of other sheepfolds. But Jesus says, I want to call you out. And I want to make you part of my flock. There's no better word that you could say than yes to that. So if the Holy Spirit's nudging you, if you feel something a little funny inside, that could be the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't resist Him. Don't resist Him. Because there could come a day when, when He doesn't do that. I want you to respond to the Holy Spirit today. So if that's you, if you've never said yes to Jesus, if you, you, if you don't know that every sin you've ever committed has been forgiven, I want you to know this, that the Good Shepherd there was a time when he became a sheep. It says in Isaiah that he was led as a sheep to the slaughter. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you've been through. And it said when he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, it said that the sin of the entire world was placed on him. Any sin you've ever committed, was already placed on that Lamb of God. So you can leave today and know that every sin's been forgiven. If that's you, I just want you just to slip your hand up and I want to pray for you. If you just, I just feel strongly today that somebody, somebody needs to say yes to Jesus today. If that's you, I just want you to wave, wave at me. Okay. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, I get it. I, I, I really feel that somebody needs to do this today, but I'm not gonna, I won't keep you. Secondly, if you're already a sheep, 
I want to pray for you today too. Look, we all need prayer. I need prayer. Kristen needs prayer. Really, Kristen really needs prayer. I'm just kidding. But we all need prayer. Prayer is a good thing. Maybe you've been listening to strangers' voices. Maybe you've been isolating yourself from the shepherd or from other believers. Maybe you've placed yourself in a, a place of vulnerability. We want to pray for you today. God, so just invite you, if that's you and you need prayer, we've got people that will pray with you, will agree with you, encourage you, strengthen you, help you. And that can be you today. So I'll just ask, I don't know, we have a worship team coming back today? Can we do that? Yeah, come on. Just want to take a little time to just pray for people today. If you have any need whatsoever, if you're sick and you need to be healed, we want to pray and believe because God is a healing God. God's a saving God. If you need deliverance, we want to pray for deliverance, whatever it might be. Just take, take some time. I just keep just hearing this. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. Don't resist. remember the exact passage in Hebrews, but it says, just what Don said, today is the day of salvation. It says, do not harden your, your hearts as in the provocation. Talking about the children of Israel. But there's a, it says, today, if you will hear his voice, today, if you will hear his voice.